Closer to Illusions. We are continuing our Christmas coverage, and more specifically, we're continuing our Muppets Christmas coverage with the 2008 special, A Muppet Christmas, Letters to Santa. But before we get into all of our Muppety goodness, uh, it's time for the Tara Bell update. Tara, you want to tell us what's been uh, going on with you lately? Um... So, I work in downtown LA, Koreatown area, and so my biggest accomplishment is really finding the best route to get there and to get home, avoiding the, the like most amounts of traffic, and I think I've pretty much locked that down. So, that's my biggest accomplishment right now. You know, I guess for the past couple episodes, because Thomas Tank Engine and Chill, I mean, Esther Delusions, frankly, for much of the year was on hiatus, but... Uh, since we had a lot of gaps between them, uh, it had been a long time in between Terrible Updates, but uh, the last time we did Rusty to the Rescue was not that long ago, so yeah, it's hard to believe. Uh, year's been, uh, year's been f- uh, flying by, and uh, especially all those memes about how 2020 would never end, it didn't really feel like 2021 would never end. It feels like that kind of just flew by in the blink of an eye, and... Uh, but uh, we're happy to be here to talk about kind of an odd point in uh, Muppet history, the early 2000s. And much of that was kind of dictated. I mean, we talked about in the last episode of Muppet Christmas Carol about how that uh, movie was born out of tragedy, the death of Jim Henson and Richard Hunt. And, I mean, the death of Jim Henson really threw the whole company into uh, com- predictably into complete t- turmoil and... Uh, they righted the ship pretty quickly with A Muppet Christmas Carol, and then they parlayed that into pretty much uh, Muppet Treasure Island was a massive, massive success. And things were kind of looking really good for the Jim Henson Company. And the Muppets from Space happened, and it was a pretty much a big box office bomb. Nobody really liked it. I mean, the movie's not very good. Frank Oz uh, essentially retired from Muppet performing after that. I mean, I think he did completely, actually. And... Uh, you know, they were kind of reduced to television for uh, a while until 2011. So it was 12 years in between Muppets from Space and the 2011 Muppet movie with Jason Segel that introduced Walter. And in that, there's kind of a weird... There were two separate Christmas specials in the early 2000s. We're covering the second one. The other one is a very, very peculiar, uh, has a peculiar place in Muppet history. It's called The Very Merry Muppet Christmas Movie. It's actually, I mean, it's billed as a movie, and it actually has a feature-length runtime, but it was also a television special. And it's the one single piece of Muppets that uh, the Walt Disney Company does not own. It's owned by NBC Universal, which is also weird because it has cameos from the cast of Scrubs as their characters. It's from 2002, so Scrubs had just started. And uh, I love Scrubs. It, it's definitely fallen out of the sort of the public consciousness, so that's kind of weird to think about that. And also, it uh, featured a cameo from a guy who then was a reality television uh, host of a show called Fear Factor, and now he's become the world's greatest conspiracy theorist, uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah, he has a cameo in that. That's a weird one. Oh, I did not know that he was from Fear Factor. That makes sense, though. It was always kind of out there. Well, before Fear Factor, he was on the show called News Radio, which has also kind of fallen out of the, uh, it was a, a Phil Hartman production. Uh, it's a really good comedy from the 90s, but, uh, I mean, you don't really hear anybody talk, not not in the same way that people would talk about, I don't know, Will and Grace or Cheers, Frasier, Seinfeld, that kind of stuff. There is just one other piece of, uh, <laughs> I guess, trivia from a, It's a Very Merry Muppet Christmas movie that 
I wanted to address, because it's kind of an odd one, uh, this special was released in 2002, but it was filmed the year before, and uh, a big uh, world event happened around that time, uh, 9-11, which uh, this, this special was filmed before that, but there is a scene where uh, Kermit kind of riffing off A Wonderful Life is uh, thinking about a world in which he'd never been born, and they show a world without Kermit, and in the background scene, you can see still a shot of the World Trade Center, the Twin Towers. And then, of course, you know, uh, that building is not seen in the rest of it, so that's an alternative timeline. Movie was released in 2002. There were a lot of people who looked at that and said, oh, you know, maybe Kermit Bourne was the thing that caused 9-11, so... Got a Joe Rogan and Scrubs cameo, and we've got a potential 9-11 timeline. That is the legacy of It's a Very Merry Mummy Christmas Movie, which I guess is is uh, airing on Freeform occasionally this this month. I saw it on my DVR. You can actually watch it. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll cover it next year. Anyway, enough on the special that we're not talking about, but part of why we want to talk about uh, Letters to Santa is it is available on Disney+. Plus. I mean... <laughs> When I, when I thought about doing two Christmas specials uh, this year, two Muppet Christmas specials for Christmas coverage of this year, I was going to do Muppet Family Christmas, which is from, uh, I think it's 1987, and it brings together the uh, cast, uh, the characters from uh, not only The Muppet Show, but Sesame Street and also Fraggle Rock, and it's really fun, but uh, that one's not really publicly available, so this one seemed like, hey... Let us cover something that people can actually go and watch either before we do this spe- or before we do this episode or after. So, Muppet's Letter to Santa. Of all of those, uh, we've done a lot of table setting. Of all of those specials in the early two thousands, this is one. It, unlike what I just said about a uh, very merry Muppet Christmas movie, the celebrity cameos in this hold up pretty well. It's got uh, people like Jesse L. Martin. Uma Thurman, Nathan Lane, Whoopi Goldberg, people who uh, have not been canceled. Have not been canceled. They don't make somebody grow. Well, there is. We've got uh, <laughs> This is an- another kind of beauty of this special is its runtime. It's unlike a very merry Muppet Christmas movie, which is eighty-eight minutes. This is a Christmas. Actually, half the time. This is forty-four minutes. It was made for TV. Two thousand eight. It was uh, a Disney production. It's after they were acquired uh, the M- Jim Henson Company. Well. The Muppet assets were acquired from the Jim Henson Company, so not Fraggle Rock, uh, in 2004. So this is kind of Disney is still trying to figure out what to do with the Muppets. And in a lot of ways, they're still, to this day, trying to figure out what to do with the Muppets. But back then, uh, they put together a Christmas special that uh, is actually pretty solid. And uh, it had some music from a man that we talked about last episode, Paul Williams, who... Uh, wrote the lyrics for, really the iconic lyrics for A Muppet Christmas Carol. So Muppet's Letters to Santa, guess what? Can anyone take a guess at what the plot of Letters to Santa is? Tara, do you... <laughs> do you think that it's... Uh, it, 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 kind of the beauty of this special is they take a very, very simplistic premise, the idea that uh, Gonzo has to... Uh, we've got a neighbor... Uh, Claire, who is, you know the actress's name, right? Uh, I think it's Madison Pettis. Yes, it is Madison Pettis. And uh, she, it's Christmas Eve, and she has a letter to Santa. And I mean, this is, right off the bat, there is kind of a a weird plot hole in the sense that uh, 
they're at the post office and they're delivering letters to Santa on Christmas Eve. They and and not once is it ever really brought up that this is a entirely thoroughly last minute endeavor. It's kind of odd. I mean, do you think that uh, so Madison Pettis's character Claire, her mother is played by uh, Jane Krakowski, another actress who I mean. It's great that they managed to line up a lot of cameos. I mean, she was doing 30 Rock at the time. Uh, I mean, Jesse L. Martin was coming off. And I think he, he was either still doing Law & Order at the time or he had just finished. This is pre, pre-Flash. But, uh, I mean, they really did pick a lot of... Uh, they picked a really good cameo cast that weren't going to age well. I mean, that were going <laughs> to age well. Yeah, thankfully. <laughs> thankfully. But at the same time... Jane Krakowski's character is, um, I mean, is she a bad mother? Who tells their kid to wait until Christmas Eve to send a letter to Santa? Yeah, and something I picked up on throughout the movie, she didn't really seem to like the Muppets, which, like, who would like living next to them? They basically set off a bomb in the hallway. So I get why she's not really happy, but they're her daughter's best friends. Their daughter writes a letter to Santa saying, like, I'm really sad that all my friends are leaving. And mom's like, mm, yeah, okay, bye. And we learn the contents of the letter. We learn that toward the end of the special. But um, yes, add some, add some spoiler alerts. <laughs> I mean, I hope people have watched it before now or else they're if they haven't watched it yet. They're not going to watch it in the middle of this episode. <laughs> so I, I don't think spoilers really count. Well, so they, I mean, another bit of table setting they don't do. They don't explain why the Muppets all live in this apartment building in New York City. Statler and Waldorf uh, have. They seem to hate living next to them. Yeah, and yet and they, they, yeah. live there. Yeah, that's, uh, that's quite Is odd. Is this the only apartment building available? Uh, apparently, I They're mean. They're districting issues. Well, Miss Piggy has a nicer door than everybody else. Yeah, it looks like basically your like dressing room, whatever for a set. Yeah, it looks, and it's got a uh, black light. I mean, it's like she's running Studio Fifty Four in there, and uh, she wants her. Cri- I mean, another thing. I mean, who travels to the Caribbean vacation on Christmas Eve? Wouldn't you on go- Christmas Eve? Wouldn't you go like on Festivus? Which is the 23rd, for people who don't know. We just mentioned Seinfeld. A Festivus. Festivus is an important holiday. But, um... Yeah, so they live in this New York building. They're doing everything in the last minute. They're not bringing up that it's all last minute. And, uh... I, they start off there at the post office. Well, I guess before we dive into the plot... What's always... I guess... So this particular special... I guess the genesis for this episode idea to cover this particular special came from... uh, On Halloween, they released a special uh, Muppet Haunted Mansion, which uh, I I instantly... And I don't think Letters to Santa was was on Disney Plus yet at the time, but I instantly thought of Letters to Santa because Muppet Haunted Mansion was also a... I think it was about 40, 45 minutes. It feels a hell of a lot longer than this. This thing kind of blinks. I mean, yeah, it, Haunted it, Mansion drags. Yeah, and what's what's also interesting about that is that that special takes Gonzo and Pepe the King Prawn, who, for people who are not super familiar with the Muppets, Pepe the King Prawn is kind of an interesting character. He debuted in the 1996 special, uh, TV series Muppets Tonight, which was kind of like a remake or a continuation of 
the Muppet Show is kind of meant, you know, is capturing their uh, variety show format, celebrity stars. I mean, it was basic, basically just, just Mu the Muppet Show continued. And uh, it introduced this character, uh, Clifford, who was p played by Kevin Cl Kevin Clash, who was uh, Elmo for a very long time before he himself was canceled. Uh, Elmo, El uh, Kevin, I mean, uh, yeah, there was a situation with uh, underage girls and stuff, and he was like, oh. Yikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of a mess. Uh <laughs> But uh, Pepe the King Prawn, Clifford is, I mean, I haven't seen him in anything in a long time. Uh, and you know what? Probably due to the actor, I mean, Sesame Street and the Muppets have kind of had a two-way street in terms of, actually, the... Two-way Sesame Street? Two-way Sesame Street. Yeah, Matt Vogel, who was uh, Big Bird's, uh, Carol Spinney's understudy for a very long time. And, and as Carol Spinney got older and older, uh, Matt Vogel started really taking on the lion's share of uh, the physical... I mean, Big Bird is a really physically intensive role. Like, Carol Spinney, I mean, he played Big Bird pretty much right until his death. Um, the documentary on Big Bird is uh, really cool, but now Matt Vogel is, uh, and he appears in Letters to Santa as a background. Uh, he does a lot of the background Muppets, but now with Steve Whitmire, who took over from Jim Henson as Kermit uh, immediately after, and he had done Rizzo the Rat prior to that and still did, um... Steve Whitmire took over Kermit after Jim Henson's death, and then I, he kind of Disney got fed up with him. Apparently, he was kind of a prima donna, and not only I, he got fired a couple of years ago, and the Jim Henson company didn't really defend him, which is odd because he was really kind of one of the few old guard kind of left. And uh, now Matt Vogel, who is uh, he performs Big Bird and Kermit the Frog. He's got the two marquee characters, although uh, he does not do uh, Carol Spinney, who was Big Bird, also did Oscar the Grouch. Uh, Eric Jacobson does Oscar the Grouch. This is, I mean, maybe this is stuff that people listening to the Muppets care about. Uh, maybe not, but we're going to say it anyway. So is this tying into your point? I think you were trying to talk about, like, the... Oh, yeah. The the characters from Haunted Mansion. Right, right. So, uh, th with Muppet Haunted Mansion, they have Gonzo and Pepe the King Prawn are the leads. And a lot of people who were reviewing it pointed out that, you know... Why isn't Gonzo paired with Rizzo the Rat? And really, I mean, the the 2014 movie Muppets Most Wanted, they had a bit at the uh, halfway through when Walter leaves the cast and Rizzo said, you know, and people were remarking, well, how is Walter leaving? We just dedicated the last movie to him joining. And Rizzo said, yeah, yeah at the expense of a lot of characters that we know and love. And he's like, come on, Robin. And Robin, who was Kermit's nephew... Also, a character who's really fallen by the wayside. Rizzo and Robin kind of stage a walkout. And uh, actually, for a bit of Malone family trivia, uh, my sister Barbara was just on for Muppet Christmas Carol, in which she took a dump on Letters to Santa. She said that uh, she said that Tara. I think she had gotten confused and said that Tara. Uh, I thought that she, Tara liked uh, this special more than Muppet Christmas Carol. But was saying that letters send is skippable. It's not. It's a nice forty-minute thing. It's beautiful. It, when when you want a little bit of Christmas fun, you could do a lot worse than this special. But um, when we were watching Muppets Most Wanted in the theater, Barbara was in the bathroom when her favorite character Rizzo the Rat showed up. And actually, she loved Robin too. That was kind of odd. Um, so Muppet Haunted Mansion to tie us back into the point that really just keeps going in a lot of different directions. Uh. 
for whatever reason, they said, you know, the Disney era, I mean, Disney did not produce Muppets Tonight, which is where Pepe the King Prawn comes from, and yet they really have loved him ever since, which is, and it's He's odd. a fun character. You like him? Yeah. He's fun. I mean, it's weird that this special has uh, Rizzo and Pepe in uh, kind of lead roles, although, I mean, Rizzo doesn't really do anything in this special. He's kind of there to be back. I mean, Pepe gets more lines. Uh, he's there's a scene uh, which actually it's funny. So Tara and I watched this last year. We only recently uh, Tara hadn't seen The Sopranos, uh, so last year she wouldn't have really understood the scene that had the uh, Polly and Bobby from The Sopranos, and uh, now she got to uh, that's that's a fun scene. That's another camp. I mean, if you have car- if you have cameos from The Sopranos, I mean that show's aged uh, better than most from its times. So that's certainly fun. It's weird. So this is a special that... Uh, so Muppets Haunted Mansion had ch- really two leads. You had Gonzo and Pepe. This special, rather wisely, doesn't say, okay, let's sideline Kermit, let's sideline Fozzie. We're going to have sort of a five-prong thing. We're going to have Kermit, Fozzie, Gonzo, Pepe, and Rizzo are basically going to be our leads. Miss Piggy doesn't really have a ton to do in this. Other than wanting to go to the Caribbean... Frankly, who could blame her? My mom always wants to go away for Christmas, but we live on the West Coast, so it's always fun to go back home for Christmas. But um, she doesn't she doesn't leave early. She she wants to leave on Christmas, and actually, she calls a car and then goes away for a long time. It seems like it seems like it was easier for the Muppets in this special to go to the North Pole than it was for Miss Piggy to take a scheduled flight uh, flight for a uh, planned vacation. Kind of odd. Uh, so, to get back to the post office, there, you know, you could drop a letter with a stamp, as these did, these were all letters They had stamps. Yeah, so they're waiting in line, and we get a needless cameo from Mayor Bloomberg, who, uh, then ran, he spent hundreds of millions of dollars running for president, and it got him, I think, it got him, like, three electoral votes, uh, in, in the Democratic primary, so that was kind of weird, and, uh. I mean, it's a weird cameo. He was mayor of New York for a long time, and then he decided he wanted to ban soda and all of that. So that that's probably the one cameo. I say it's a cameo that doesn't age well, and yet at the same time, it's really funny to see him. So actually, I think uh, I think maybe it does age. It ages w- better than having Joe Rogan in something. I mean, they the point of his kind of cameo in there, but they were making fun of him. Yeah, he said if, if New Yorkers are known for one thing, it's for being polite. It, it was a cameo in jest, so whatever happens to him afterwards, whether people hate him or not, that seems to kind of have been the point. Yes, that's a good point. And they go into the post office and they get... I mean, it's nice to have lyrics from Paul Williams in this. Uh, he's a great lyricist. Um, it is not the absolute best thing in the world, This uh, uh, the, the music, but... Delivering Christmas at the beginning, which has a cameo that uh, uh, Jesse L. Martin provides backing. Uh, he provides a lot of vocals in it. Uh, he obviously was an original cast member on Rent, is a great the- uh, theater actor, has a lovely voice. So that's certainly fun to have him uh, have such a, a big role. And, uh, I mean, that's probably the best song. I mean, it's kind of weird because this is, I mean, this is a very streamlined narrative. You have, you, you know, they, they, they're just trying to deliver letters and yet i mean the musical numbers they have a couple songs i don't know i mean m- most of these songs you could kind of take 
they're not the most vital things in the world. I mean, do you think this special needed to be a musical? I mean, yes, actually. Even if the songs weren't really that memorable or great, um, I mean, it adds so much life to it. It does. And Without I- it, it would be pretty sad and boring. Not not boring, but like you, you need those kinds of songs. It's the Muppets. Yeah, and something we talked about in the last episode with the Muppet Christmas Carol. When you do a Muppet show or a Muppet special, you know, whether you're doing an adaptation of something like Christmas Carol or you're doing something like a Christmas special, which has its also its familiar trappings, you're gonna do with you're gonna kinda have the balance of, okay, we're here to advance the plot, we're here to do a particular type of story, a Christmas special. But we also have all of our Muppet, you know, we've gotta have uh Got to have a uh, somewhat, I mean, one of the funnier cameos in this special is uh, with Muppet Labs. You have, um, I mean, it's kind of odd that this uh, residential apartment building is zoned for uh, Muppet Muppet Labs. You've got uh, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew is working on a wish granter. And we learn that Mr. Beaker, we learn in this special, he's kind of got a bit of a dirty mind. He wishes for a, uh, he wants a, a woman to uh, uh, love and to hold, and uh, she also, a very attractive model comes, and she also says, uh, meet meep, and uh, he's supposed to send her away, but uh, then Beaker leaves. I mean, that's kind of one of the uh, more fun cameos in this particular special. And, uh, well, What's kind of fun about that is you also have... I mean, they're able to kind of do their Muppet things. I mean, most Muppet episodes of The Muppet Show would have a kind of cameo like that and alongside whatever else they were doing in the show. So it's fun they were able to kind of do Christmas stuff, and yet, I mean, people like Sam the Eagle get their cameos. I mean, it's very important. A, a child would pr- maybe not understand that it's not okay to steal mail, but now thanks to this special, I mean... There's a it, lot of heavy-handed messages about what's a federal offense. Yeah, we. I mean, I, I can't think of a lot of other Muppet uh, specials that uh, inform me what is and isn't a federal crime. It's very, uh, very odd. So... They fail to deliver the letter because they screw up. Uh, I mean, the post office has this weird lever that says, you know, to speed things up or not, and they put it too much. And then uh, Jesse O. Martin's character, they get in trouble, and they go back to the uh, they go back to the house, and uh, they, I guess, they're ready to give up on this letter. I mean, you know what? What's it would be kind of nice if this special would acknowledge that Kermit didn't necessarily have an obligation to deliver somebody else's mail on yeah. pr- Christmas Eve. Because then they, they feel guilted. I mean, this is kind of a... I guess, like, sometimes I'll be really busy. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't want to get into... I don't want to tell random story. Sometimes I get, like, random messages and it's from trans people or for their allies or something. And, like, you're in the middle of something. Like, you're in the middle of something important. And you just get, like, this message, and you feel, like, guilted into, like, helping this person. It's like, do you, do you not understand? Like, I don't just live here at, at the beck and call to, like, do this kind of— So, I mean, Kermit Kermit kind of allowed himself to get guilted into uh, canceling his Caribbean trip, which is probably non-refundable, and going to the North Pole to deliver a letter because this person waited until the last possible moment. It, it's it's kind of odd how the genesis of this special is rooted in, in guilt— uh, uh, ir- irrational guilt. It's not rooted in, in... This isn't like it was a couple... Y- 
couple days in advance of Christmas. No, this is literally last possible moment. And if you're a kid, you're told not to wait until Sunday night to do your homework. This is a special centered around waiting until Sunday night to do your homework. So they go and they try to take the uh, United Pigeon Service, and that's just kind of a New York trope of uh, a woman nagging her husband. I mean, it's it, during hunting season, a pigeon could get shot down. Then they try the mafia and Swedish... I mean, that's another... It was kind of fun to have Swedish chef just thrown into an Italian restaurant cooking. I mean, that pizza looked disgusting that he made. Yeah. Uh, were you, were you, so you've seen this special twice now, pre-watching The Sopranos, post-watching The Sopranos. Did, did, did knowing who Polly Walnuts was, like, really heighten your enjoyment of the special? Yeah, like, that's a really cute cameo to basically have him in character. Yeah, I mean, Polly Polly's kind of a bad dude, so to have him in this and, uh, I mean, Bobby Abaca, Tara hasn't seen, uh, we're almost we're on, on season one. We're almost at the end of season one. Uh, Bobby, Bobby Bacala is my, uh, all-time favorite Sopranos character. I mean, he has the best arc. Uh, so to have, uh, Stephen Sherpa, who hosts a Sopranos podcast, which you could listen to, but you should not listen to until you're done, uh, watching, listening to this episode and all the other episodes and also giving us five stars on Apple. That'd be nice. I never asked for that. I never started a show saying, gee, please leave us a rating, but, uh, please leave us a rating, uh, if you listen to us anywhere, uh, but, uh, Apple, I guess is probably the good one. Uh, <laughs> Don't don't listen to other podcasts before listening to this. Yeah, we'll have a nice plug midway through. Isn't that great? <laughs> um, so then they decide. Basically, they fail with that, and this is this is a you know lean special. They go and they uh, decide, hey, we're gonna actually fly to the North Pole. And they take an expensive cab ride. They could have called an Uber. Uh, at not not in two thousand eight, and uh, Whoopi Goldberg, who actually is, I think, the only actress. She was actually in a very Muppet Christmas movie. She played God in that. Now she plays a cab driver. And it's a bit of a smaller role, but it's She's a very... She's got, like, 10 seconds of screen time. Yeah, it's it's fun, though. It's not clear how they paid for the cab ride. I mean, she, she appeared to have gotten stiffed on the bill. They go, and it's uh, North Pole. Uh... How were they going to pay for the flight when they were struggling to even gather up change for this $84 taxi cab? Uh, yeah, that's never, uh, and, I mean, another reason why this special is so fun, Uma Thurman, I mean, she is all in. Yeah, and you love to see it. I mean, you generally, dating back to the 70s, celebrities have really gone all all out for the Muppets, and they've got a steep, I mean, it, it, it's a tradition uh, for, for actors to come and uh, cameo and uh, this stuff, and she is just, and this is, this is like really right after, uh, a couple years after Kill Bill, so we've got the Uma Thurman kind of renaissance uh, to have her, I mean, I love, I love Uma Thurman, her role, whenever people dump on Batman and Robin, it's like, you know, her Poison Ivy was, is she, she gives. She goes all in for most of her performances. So, yeah. so, so to have her as Joy, it's a lot of fun. And uh, she also has a thing with. I mean, it's a kind of a sexual, kind of a sexual special yeah. between yeah. Beaker and there's some sexual tension between Uma Thurman's Joy and Pepe the King Prawn. Do you have anything else to add on that? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the way she's looking at them and kind of like shaking her body a little and like really drawing attention to her cleavage like she's dressed properly and stuff this is like definitely probably g-rated still um but yeah there there are innuendos in there 
so you think the candy cane wasn't given that was the signal when she passed the candy cane it's So they're supposed to get on a plane, North Pole Airlines, very convenient. A lot of Deus Ex Machina. And maybe we should have done all of the other reindeer. That's a good I one. I love all of Deus Ex. Speaking of Deus Ex Machina, uh, they uh, they go through, and then they run into a problem with uh, Nathan Lane and the bear Muppet is a, a security Bobo the bear is a uh, security guard with uh, Officer Frank Meany. And Nathan, I mean, Nathan Lane is another actor who goes all out for everything I, I, I have never watched nathan lane in a movie and thought or tv or whatever and thought gee you know he's really phoning it in he i mean there's a lot of theater actors in this jesse l martin nathan lane they give him they're all and uh frank meany uh really is against against christmas he's kind of a bully and he's got uh, i mean bobo really wants to be his friend but he doesn't really want to let him in as a result of being uh, caught by him. We learn that he's on the naughty list. I guess this special also does a really good job shining a light at the negative ramifications of the naughty list. Like, if you're a bully as a child and you're put on the naughty list, Santa, in a lot of ways, is canceling you and sending you down a dark road where, you know, um, crime begets crime. If, if you're, if you're, if you're, told if you're told that you're irredeemable if you're told that you're not you're you know you're put on this naughty list i mean what are you gonna do are you gonna try and get off the naughty list or are you just gonna reinforce the idea that you're written off by the world i think maybe santa should get rid of the naughty list maybe get you a bad gift instead or i guess that is the point of the naughty list i don't know call I mean, is the naughty list structured in a way that encourages people to get off the naughty no- I mean, does Santa try and rehabilitate these people? I mean, the songs say, like, he sees you when you're sleeping, knows when you're awake, like, he knows if you've been bad or good. It's not supposed to be, like, you know, he's constantly checking you. He's checking his list twice. Um, it really should be a clean slate every year. You shouldn't be once on the naughty list, you're never coming back. Like, Santa is doing his due diligence on everyone in the world and making sure that everyone's on the right list. But it, this guy, this Santa, seemed pretty negligent. He seemed surprised at a few points. He was like, oh, wow. Like, oh, I didn't know this guy was on the naughty list. Oh, thank you for telling me that he's been, like, actually a good guy. Why doesn't Santa already know this? It's a flawed surveillance state, and it's not at yeah. all focusing on rehabilitation. Yeah, Santa, Santa is not at all invested in getting somebody off the naughty list. And he's just there. He's just there to judge you when you've done wrong. He's not there to help you do right if you have done wrong. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really it's a, it's capitalism. He doesn't want to have to pay for all of these extra toys and goodies to give to people if there's fewer people on the nice list. Yeah, and we don't know. I mean, are the elves getting a working wage? I don't know. I mean, Scrooge. Scrooge looks pretty good by comparison. Scrooge in A Muppet Christmas Carol gave his workers the day off without much prodding. This Santa, how do you not know if somebody should be on the naughty list or not? He's kind of, he's taking their suggestions. Yeah. It's a problem. So, and because, so Frank, Frank, uh, Nathan Lane's character, doesn't keep them for very long, but they, uh, Keeps them long enough to uh, miss their flight, which has left the gate, and yet they haven't really messed it, uh, missed it because they can just ride the wing, which is dangerous. I mean, why couldn't they have just pulled the plane over and said, hey, can these guys get aboard? 
Joy the ticket agent is seemingly able to pop up whenever. And yet she she's in New York at the at the airport, presumably LaGuardia or JFK. Hopefully not Newark. Uh and She's there at the North Pole. How did she get there? Did she? We didn't see her on the wing, although we didn't see the other side of the plane. How did she get to the North Pole? It's very odd. Did she travel by map? I don't know. It's just a, we, we, there's a lot of plot holes in this special. So they go, they go, and they uh, they see the elf who's very friendly. Santa's left, and then they have. I mean, I guess maybe with the the songs towards the end of the special. Uh, are are a little odd. I mean, they feel a little, maybe a little bit out of place. The uh, song, you know, I wish I could be Santa Claus. Cause it's 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 all this slapstick comedy alongside this sort of more supposed to be touching moments, and you almost want to like look at Paul Williams' lyricist and be like, okay, dude. I mean, it's been like twenty years since the Muppet Christmas Carol. That that was a very very uh worthy platform of your talents this is i don't know maybe we're scraping the barrel a little bit i don't know i i wasn't super into um at that point i don't know i i guess when they get to the north pole you know you're just kind of waiting for santa and it's it's kind of like it's been a half hour of the zaniness and the third act of this the special drags a little bit i mean did you like the last couple uh songs that were in this I mean, the final one was very cute. Yes, yes. They're all happy. They're together. It's Christmas. Well, that we see, uh, we see uh, Richard Griffiths is playing Santa. He uh, is probably most known. I mean, he's a, he's a theater actor as well. He's probably most known to broad on audiences as Vernon Dursley. Not the nicest guy. Uh, definitely worthy of the naughty list. He's a nice Santa though, and we we learn that there's a softer side to Pepe. He wants to be an opera singer. Which is uh, certainly fun, and Joy is also apparently a uh, flight attendant on his sleigh. Mm-hmm. Very odd. This this special has an odd sort of. Uh, it, it comes together very quickly. They uh, they deliver this letter, and actually, I mean, the letter the letter seemed to be the greatest obstacle toward Claire getting her wish. She wants to spend it with her friends. Her friends were there, and now they're not. Yeah. They went on this wild goose chase to find Santa. And to be fair, they did find Santa. But <laughs> all she wanted was to spend Christmas with them. Yeah, it's 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 very odd. And of course, she doesn't appear ever again in this. So, I mean, maybe it's odd how this works. And all the Muppets come together at the end, including Beaker, who comes back with his, uh, with his new girlfriend. Weird, weird. Oh, uh, the actress who played Beaker is uh, her name is Petra Nemkova from uh, who's a Czech actress and uh, model. Yeah, I think she's just a model. She has been in. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure if she's acted since Muppet Christmas. I mean, uh, Muppet Letters to Santa. So I think she's just. I basically. mean, most models should not try to get into acting. Hey, she meeped. She, her, she did a great job. Her meeps were very good. I don't want to hear any 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 slander against. <laughs> I do like Brooklyn Decker. I think that's the one. Oh, from uh, your Grace and Frankie. Yeah, would Jane Fonda have improved this? Oh, she would have been great. She would improve everything. That's a good point. I mean, we had Je- we had Jesse L. Martin. We could have had uh, uh, his Law and Order co-star Sam Waterston. 
That would have been fun. Uh, I think he's actually... I mean, we might see Jesse L. Martin again. Uh, they're, they're bringing Law & Order back, and I assume Sam Waterston... I think that uh, they're uh, trying to get him back on, and uh, S. About the Merkinson is probably a lock. She does uh, Chicago Med for Dick Wolf, so that seems... I, yeah, we're not, we're not... Let's not talk about Law & Order. Uh, I mean, Jesse... Wait. Very sad. His uh, if you're not up to date with the Flash, uh, skip the next uh, ten ten seconds of the podcast. Guess what? Apparently, Joe West he got Flash pointed out. I think he was sick of commuting to Vancouver. Anyway, uh, we before we started recording this, we were like, you know, maybe we don't need to go a uh, full hour on this because this is kind of a this is a special. It's fun. This this special has is a really light and crisp, especially the Disney Plus. Co- I, mean, I, I I I was looking. I have a DVD. I I have a DVD release of this one from uh, ah uh, God years and years and years ago. Apparently, I mean the the Wikipedia page is sh- saying that there's an 88 minute cut of this. I have never eight, there's an 80 minute extended. I've never heard what? of it. It wasn't it wasn't on the DVD release. And I've never heard of it, and it's certainly not the Disney Plus cut, so I have no idea what that's talking about. I have, and it was so. I talked also. We talked also about how uh, Jim Henson, the J- Jim Henson Company, did the 2002 Very Merry Muppet Christmas movie for NBC Universal. It's the only one Disney doesn't own. This one also aired on NBC, despite being uh, they were owned by Disney at the time. I mean. That wasn't super uncommon. Like Scrubs, for example, uh, was uh, uh, produced by Touchstone, which is a ABC property, but it aired on NBC, and then later in its run, aired on ABC as well. Uh, when NBC didn't want it anymore. I mean, this kind of stuff back then. Audience li- listeners listening probably don't care about this kind of stuff, but um, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been super unusual. Like if you're listening the the idea of netflix producing something for hulu would probably seem very odd that that did for years and years and it's still some somewhat kind of happens on broadcast television although increasingly rare like warner brothers produced friends which aired on nbc warner brothers didn't have that broadcast network all of that kind of stuff doesn't really i don't think i i i have never heard of the 80 minute cut i don't i'm skeptical that it even exists frankly so maybe wikipedia wikipedia is not the best source of information I don't think it exists. Um, but a- as it stands, as the cut that you can listen to, that you can watch, not just listen to this episode, but the uh, Letters to Santa, it's a fun 40 minutes uh, as far as a Christmas special goes. I've seen it probably four or five times. I never get tired of it. It it it, it doesn't reinvent the wheel, and it doesn't, it doesn't do a ton of things that make it— I mean, Muppet Christmas Carol is just like a grand slam. This is like a very solid bass hit single. It is, it is consistent. Uh, it doesn't drag. It knows exactly when it's time to wrap up, and uh, it's it's fun. It's cute. Do you do you like Letters to Santa? Yeah, it's sweet. Um, definitely a better plot than the Muppets Haunted Mansion. Obviously, not anywhere near as good as Muppet Christmas Carol, but that's a pretty high bar to beat. Um, but it's it's fun. It's sweet. It's all about coming together at the end. You know, they're, they they maybe they shouldn't have left to begin with, but you know, they did it with the best of intentions. I'm glad you brought up Haunted Mansion because I mean, when when we saw Haunted Mansion, I don't know, eight weeks ago or whenever it came out. 
I had said at the time, like, I was like, you know, I wish this had been closer in quality to Letters to Santa because the Muppets, I mean, they did a bunch of these Christmas, I mean, they did a bunch of these sort of specials for TV. Obviously, that's not like the grandiosity of uh, uh, Muppet Christmas Carol or Muppet Treasure Island. And yet, I mean, if I were in charge of Disney and programming on ABC and I was trying to figure out how to utilize the Muppets as an asset, I mean, this is a great way to deploy them. You, This is a special that holds up. It doesn't rely, it doesn't rely too heavily on celebrity cameos, and they certainly pick them well. But, I mean, it, ha- it has a solid foundation, which I thought that Haunted Mansion was like. Haunted Mansion, it just it seemed like it was such an afterthought. And the pairing of Gonzo and Pepe just didn't work. A lot of people wanted Gonzo and Rizzo. The irony here is, I mean, Gonzo and Rizzo, like, I mean, they barely speak to each other in this. I think there were, like, two two times when they actually interact, which was odd. And yet, at the same time... I mean, it's good to have a special that's focusing on Kermit. Cause, I mean, we don't get to see these Muppets all that much anymore. They, You know, they don't have a regular TV show. Muppets Most Wanted was not really uh, popular enough to warrant a continuation of, of that franchise. And, I mean, it, it, it's just odd. It was like... If you look at Muppet Christmas Carol and you look at, Mupp- at the, the Muppet movie from 2011, the Jason Segel one... Those are two distinct kind of moments where it was like, okay, the Muppets are back. Not that they'd gone anywhere with Muppet Christmas Carol, but Jim Henson had died, and the franchise was a state of flux. After Muppet Christmas Carol, we got, like, a bunch of really good years of Muppet stuff, and then after the 2011 Muppet uh, movie, it's not like we got all that much after that. So I, I think really kind of the value of Letters to Santa is it showed what sort of how quality the Muppets could be in a very small scope style format which i mean we're kind of seeing that i didn't think they're they have a disney plus show now muppets now uh i don't i thought that one was kind of crap tara really hated it um i will pretty much watch anything that has the muppets i mean this is this is not muppet christmas carol muppet family christmas is a very that was sweet yeah yeah i like that one i if you can find it uh it's a really good uh special it's maybe a little bit too niche for us to cover uh, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, I thought that was kind of weird, and John Denver Christmas. That one always gets released on vinyl, and I always, <laughs> I watched that with, uh, my sister and my mom, uh, a couple years ago at Christmas, and they were just like, why would you make us watch this? This sucks. Um, Bibble, Bibble at the end of Muppet Christmas Carol, our episode was like, this, Letters to Santa is skippable. I think it's, it's a very enjoyable 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. She was dumping on it, but that's, uh. I wanted to say, like, Barbara, Tara does not think that the Muppet Christmas Carol is is worse. I mean, she doesn't think the Letters to Santa is worse than Muppet, is better than Muppet Christmas Carol. Okay, you, yeah, please correct her. <laughs> I was trying. <laughs> I don't, I, on this show, I mean, longtime listeners know, I mean, I, we, we don't do a ton of extended riffs on just n- nonsense that's un- uh, unrelated to the uh, content of what we're covering. We have, like, you know... Terrible update would be one one exception, but uh, that's also. I mean, usually we give guests a minute to introduce themselves. Everybody knows Tara. Tara has to. It's very important for people to get an update on what the terrible's up to. Wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, as we start to wrap up, I th- this is this is a fun special, and it was fun to kind of talk about. This is a bit of a shorter Christmas episode. Uh, I think you know. I, I, if you put on, like, 
if you put on the Hallmark Channel, basically starting in August or July, probably they do the Christmas in July stuff, you get a recurring loop of Christmas movies that are all basically the same. And for a lot of people, that's great. You know, you you, you get what you signed up for. Ne- and Netflix has been putting out movies like this. Uh, the Christmas genre. You kind of... We talked about this with RGKO uh, a couple of times. Really, like, uh, recorded that less than a week ago. Uh, you know, people sit down with a Christmas special and they they want to get a certain thing. And... With Letters of Santa, I mean, it just it hits every note that you'd want out of a Muppets special. It's it's a fun holiday thing. It, it's the rare television special from over thirteen. It's thirteen years old, and I think it still holds up pretty well. So I mean, that's that's pretty remarkable in its own right. Do you have anything else to say on uh, Muppets Letters of Santa? Nope. Yeah, I think we're. Uh, I think we did it pretty good. I'm, I also, I mean, nobody else has really talked about this special in any length, and it's something that uh, we in the Malone family have uh, watched many times. I thought it was fun to just do an episode kind of talking. I, I love spending time with the Muppets. I, they're fun. It's just, it's, it's such a timeless tradition that uh, it's fun to get something like the Muppets, which have really been kind of uh, adhering to the same sort of formulas for close to 50, basically. Yeah, pretty much close to 50 years, and, well, actually, I mean, if you count Kermit, it's been over 50 years. I was thinking, uh, just using the the Muppet Show from the 70s as the base mark, but these guys have been around for a long time. They're very endearing. It's, uh, it's fun. It's fun to spend time with these people. I, I recommend Letters to Santa. It, 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 it is not Muppet Christmas Carol, but guess what? We call the Muppet Christmas Carol the definitive Christmas classic for a reason. It is not supposed to have contemporaries. It is not supposed to have peers. It is in a tier above all else. But this is a good tier too. And I think if if you're saving if you're saving Muppet Christmas Carol for Christmas Eve, like uh Claire in this special was saving her letters for Christmas Eve, if you need something to watch beforehand, this is a very good choice. And on that note, I think uh we should uh wrap up. We have at least one more Christmas uh hol- oh, this next one's more of a holiday themed uh, one uh, planned for our coverage, but uh, we have uh, Christmas episodes from last year. It's fun. I mean, for for a year where Astro Illusions was uh, basically on hiatus for so long, it's fun to come together for the holidays and talk about the things that we uh, that we watch and enjoy to make our December a little better in this pandemic hellhole. So on that note. Uh, from from Tara and myself, I'm sure I can uh, speak for Tara right now. We would like to wish everybody a happy holidays, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. Uh, take some time for yourself this month. And uh, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs>